good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you. But if you want to make love, then I do too, and I'll be right there behind you. Greetings, constant listeners, and welcome to the Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast. I'm your host, Michael Monroeville Mall Rothman, and today we are not going to Maine. We are not going to Chicago. We are not going to Tennessee. We are not going to New York. We are going to Hollywood, baby. I'm talking strictly Hollywood. There is no needful tweets here. There is no bag of bones to open. It is just the four of us in a car, convertible, cruising down Kings Avenue and going straight to Hollywood. Sunglasses on, the sun down. Look, I am uh, excited for the tan I'm getting, and I'm excited for the news that we'll be covering. And I'm also really excited about the the co-hosts that are with me. Here from Chicago, some people call him uh, Jake Elwood. <laughs> Who's the blues boy over here? Well, blues boy here reporting in uh, with my sunglasses on <laughs> and my Crystal School vodka, much like mm. the original Jake Elwood mm-hmm. would be supporting. And my name is also Justin Gerber. And I'm thrilled to be here, kicking back, enjoying the sun and those beautiful palm trees, listening to a little uh, Glenn Fry. Yeah. Uh, I turned it down for this episode so we can talk, but I see that the heat is on, has just popped up. On my Sirius FM radio. So thanks again to uh, Sirius for all the sponsorship. <laughs> very excited to have Sirius with us. Uh, you know, it, it was a, it was a tough run for a little bit, but they got Howard Stern and uh, they came back big, bigger than ever. And uh, look, when you're in Hollywood, you got to be bigger than ever because this is a big town with big personalities. And mm. let's just say four of the biggest personalities just rolled right in. Who else is here from New York City? This is Dan Dracula Caffrey. Uh, I guess I might say... <laughs> I'm a Hollywood vampire. Um, oh, like, wow. <laughs> much like the uh, a band that we won't talk about. <laughs> no, we're going to go oh. see the Hollywood vampires when we're here. I hope so. You know, God. that's yeah. the most LA thing you can do. Just see, see them at like the Whiskey A Go Go or yeah. something yeah. like that. I'll tell you, um, we're going to be yeah. staying out so late and we're going to be sleeping throughout the whole next day. So when we wake up at sundown, we're going to be like, hey, <laughs> a couple of Hollywood vampires here, am I right? Like, I thought this town sucks your blood, but we're sucking blood. Um, oh, I do man. love that. I love the Dan Dracula thing that you got going here. It's, it's, it's so it's, stupid. Well, that's the best one. I love it. like, that's why Rockin' Randall stays because he said it's the most laziest fucking nickname he could come up with, and he did it. I but, think uh, it's funny because what we were doing, I Chapaway. did it for the first time on Chapaway, and I'm, mm-hmm. I think there was like easily another alliteration I could have done for many of those characters, but probably. Yeah. And also, yeah, I like how the, the vampire is not Dracula either. Like in any, like Stephen King no. never has Dracula in the story. Well, <laughs> so, I think it's a spooky it's name. 
<laughs> it's a spooky name. And yes, it is copyright. Uh, we got another rocker out there from Nashville. Who's there? Yeehaw. This is Jen. <laughs> yes, I have a crush on everyone, Adam. So let's just get it out of the way before we start talking about all of these people today. So, well, that's, that's a good thing you have a crush, Jen, because guess what? In Hollywood, we got a lot of stars. And, you know, stars are built and made to have crushes on. I got to say, that's they get, true. They get the big bucks, we give them the big attention, and get the big crush and uh, that's something <laughs> they just have to deal with um you know so look it's we're a out tough here, life you know being adored by everyone looking really good i know like, <laughs> it, it's like they're hollywood vampires or something i know i'll give them a look uh, forever over here jesus christ you know it, it would be hard to be a vampire in la just only because you know the sun is so gorgeous right and yeah. it's like you know you can't go out maybe you have to go out at night yeah i guess i guess la the night Wait, that sounds great it does sound pretty I mean, good. I don't, hey, as long as there's like greasy saxophone players running around. Yeah, that's true. In uh, an interview of the vampire, the movie, doesn't he go see Tequila Sunrise at the end? Because remember, he keeps seeing all the movies mm, with sunrises mm-hmm. in them. And we mentioned no, one. it's Superman, I think. Oh, is it? Is when oh, he is sees Superman? the sunrise. In the, yeah, I think so. Oh, oh interesting. Wait, no, wait, 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 wait. Hold everything. How did you confuse Tequila Sunrise with Superman? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I don't know though. I, I, th- I, from what I remember, I mean, maybe it's in both. I don't know. Cause it might, I might be wrong. I just remember I him know. seeing Superman in, 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 in the world. Spoilers for Superman. Wait, are you talking about interview the vampire? He sees Superman. Yeah. Oh no, uh, no. So he's no. So he sees a bunch of movies of Sunrise. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. So he probably sees both. Okay. I thought yeah. you meant in Superman, Superman goes to see to kill a Sunrise. Well, that would be oh, hilarious. <laughs> That's actually in the director's cut. You know? He's like, I miss, I miss. No, the it's the montage of Krypton. Superman three where he's he's bad Superman. Yeah, he's, he's like he's like flicking he's like flicking nuts at the window, and then he goes to like seek a tequila sunrise. But See, it's like Cape Fear. He's like talking through it and laughing out loud, smoking a cigar. I mean, and he's I, got like a beard. Like, uh, and I was, even though it came out seven years before Tequila Sunrise came out. Yeah, I've never even. I don't. I know nothing about Tequila Sunrise in the movie. I just remember it from Interview with the Vampire. And I was gonna say the song, the Great Eagle song, sung by Glenn Fry, of course. Mm. So cause oh, yeah. cause a wheel. Mm. As, well. As we I don't know uh, if you're in the drinking mood, but uh, Tequila Sunrise is also a great cocktail. Um, it's uh, made of tequila, orange, uh, obviously, uh, orange <laughs> juice, and uh, grenadine syrup. So um, that know, does maybe, sound pretty good, actually. You know where it, you know where it, you know where it originates from? Uh, Hollywood. Not, well, close, <laughs> yeah, close enough. Transylvania. The Sunrise Hotel. It's yeah. uh, Sausalito. So you know it's kind of close. Although it was created in uh, in uh, the Jacob's uh, birthplace, uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So how about that? Not my not my birthplace, but I definitely. It wasn't your birthplace. There. No, no, my birthplace is where Mr. Stephen King resides, Sarasota, Florida. Oh, interesting. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He fun fact. I don't know if I ever talked about this on the podcast, but he actually delivered me coked out of his mind in 1980. Really? Yeah, it's a true story. <laughs> True story, wow. yeah. Oh, so it's pretty cool. Your baby. I mean, did you get well, he, to talk to him? <laughs> well, he delivered me. He, was, he, he thought I was his son. And he like started running away, and then they said, "Wait, Mr. King, Mr. King." He's <laughs> like just so trailing, like white very, powder. My mom was obvi- my mom had just delivered, so she was obviously still kind of laid out. But my dad was it was of a mixture of, of thanks and and uh, being upset, obviously, because you know he's like, "Well, thank you for delivering the baby." Yeah. But oh my god, you almost stole my son, and so that was a little right. bit of a back and forth, but. Also, you know, I don't know why I never brought that doctor. up. I, don't, I never brought that up on the on the other episodes. But yeah, was it story. was it confusing when he came in and was like, "Here's my new copy of uh, Firestarter, available by Viking Press." It's a you know you can get it on bookshelves right now. It's well, I think book. at the time, you know, as a little baby, you know, you're making a mess. You're vomiting. You're you're mm-hmm. shitting a lot, even though you're a kid. And, it, and because mm-hmm. it's got that beautiful white hardcover, 
my dad was like, I don't want it because my son's inevitably going to make foul on it. He's going to yeah. make foul on it. Make foul. So, um, <laughs> you know, I don't want to. Like, wait for the paperback, okay? I'm not going to have time to read it. You know, I mean, if you give me Pet Cemetery, we could have said the soil is stronger. Ooh, I like, it's like I'm imagining is, now people are like, hey, you know, you guys, uh, you like Stephen King? You got to check out the Stephen King podcast. <laughs> podcast. <They're> really great. <laughs> like, what is this, minute five? We're talking about oh, shit Oh, minute five. We've already talked about Interview of the Vampire, Tequila Sunrise. Stephen yeah. King. Delivering me, yeah, exactly. delivering you. Not wanting to Super piss on a white hardcover of Firestarter or shit oh, on it. Jesus fucking Christ! Oh, well, I, it's that's Hollywood, that, baby. <laughs> well, look, we've got a lot of headlines to discuss. Uh, sorry, not even listeners. a seg there. Not even a seg. <laughs> but it's, but I will say, Justin earlier had mentioned uh, Pet Cemetery, and I I, I want to say it was a hint for me to seg because mm. one of our first stories to discuss today. Out of many stories, we got a lot of stories to catch up on because uh, it's been a while since we've done uh, a Hollywood King episode. And uh, we got Pet Cemetery, uh, Pet Cemetery that we're going to be talking about. Uh, we got uh, a new podcast uh, with a sh- from a short story from uh, Night Shift. And uh, we have a Joe Hill story that's being turned into a movie. And also, we have Salem's Lot that we're going to be getting to. So look, we are not that off topic when we're talking about <laughs> vampires shitting your pants. And Because look, shitting your pants is in all of Stephen King's books. So it's not that's like true. we're that far off. All right? So... I don't know where Tequila Sunrise fits in, but, um, you know, hey, maybe you could have one while you're drinking, uh, you know, while you're listening to this podcast. Anyway, I wanted to kick it off, though, and ask, uh, you know, if there's any horror movies that anyone's been watching, because I know that, you know, Candyman was all the rage last week. And uh, I figured, you know, we talked about Candyman here on this podcast earlier this year, um, specifically on our Patreon, which you can find at www.patreon.com slash the Barons. Uh, one of our crate episodes was all about uh, Candyman. Caffrey, I believe you led that episode, actually, too. I did. Yeah, that, was, that feels like so long ago, even though it wasn't it was just a few months ago. So who here has seen, has everyone seen Candyman? The new one? Yeah, or both both of them. I've seen the new one, but not the old one. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I've, <laughs> so, yeah, I've seen so, it. So, Jen, you haven't seen it? I have not seen it yet. Well, look, Candyman is in theaters now, so uh, <laughs> check it out. I loved it. Uh, I can't we'll, we'll, hold, we'll hold the discussion for, uh, for it, but uh, Justo, out of the Pennywise Clowns, what would you give uh, Candyman? Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit about this, I think, in the Pet Cemetery news um, in a moment, but I still thought it was a good movie. Honestly, I thought it was as good as the first one. Mm-hmm. However, I just thought the first one was also just... Good. I think it was a, a masterpiece. Um, I think it gets right what the original gets or doesn't really focus on in some ways and then vice versa. But I will say, I think, and this is usually a big rap I've got with a lot of modern day horror movies that forget that they're horror movies. This doesn't forget it's a horror movie. Yeah. And there are some sequences in here that will that have still stuck with me, you know, four or five days later. Um, there's no spoilers, but specifically there's an art gallery scene. Mm. Any Anything with mirrors. Is done so well. Anything with mirrors, which, we, which you also see in the trailer. Yeah. Um, and it's ninety minutes. I was never bored. Never. Yeah. And you could we could talk about the finale and if it falls apart, which I kind of think it does, storytelling wise. Never bored. That's all I ask for in a horror movie. Don't bore me and scare me, and it does both of those things. So congratulations to Nia DaCosta. So how many Pennywise clown noses though? Are you gonna give it? Like- I'm gonna give it three and a half. Uh, uh, honeycomb. Ooh. Honeycomb five. cereal. You know what? This year's been so honeycomb, honeycomb, bad. Honeycomb, honeycomb. I think it's like my third favorite movie of the year. And I gave it like a, like a three and a half out of five. It's well, like he's seen a lot of them, folks. So uh, get ready. Um, Caffrey, Pennywise Clowns is for Candyman. Man, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, agree with everything Justin's saying. I, I think both Candyman movies have a hard time 
making putting a really hard line in the sand about what Candyman is supposed to be on a like yeah. a thematic metaphorical level. And, and I don't think that's this movie's fault, to be honest. I think it's just it comes from a source material that's very different. And I and I don't think the first movie really like le- I, I, it sucks. I don't want to go too far into it because I, it'll spoil stuff for Jen. Mm-hmm. So that's my big gripe with Candyman in general. As much as I love Candyman, I feel like the the metaphor is not 100 percent clear all the time. And that makes for some murky storytelling. But like Justin said, I like that. It's still so, hey, there's the sirens. Um, oh my god, coming hey. for for candy. For <laughs> um, I, I like, I, I, I don't know. I, of course, I like it when horror movies have messages, and of course, I like it when they comment on social justice issues. It's not that I'm against that, but I do think, like Justin said, so many movies today that comes first before anything else. At the end of the day, it's a horror movie. I want to be scared. If, if I'm not scared, I at least want to be like hypnotized by it or just yeah. admire the artfulness of the kills or something, right? Something aesthetic I want to latch onto. And this movie really does that. Like it felt it, it I know we always joke like, like, Oh, it, it's not a movie. It's a film or it's cinema. And I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I would say this is on the level of, I don't know. Um, hard well, to be a God. Even if people don't <laughs> like the, if, if people were to just to read the script, right. You, you might have a different opinion, but I think that Nia DaCosta, like she definitely has an eye for this. The death totally. scenes are beautiful. Like, yeah, I mean, that's I mean, what this, I like the most about it. This is a big, this ties, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm spoiling anything here for anyone who's watched the trailer, but I mean, the deaths are like works of art, right? Like it, mm-hmm. like they're, they're, they're portrayed in the same way as like paintings. And I, I thought that was so cool. It's all on theme. Style. Yeah, yeah. It's so on the, yeah. So anyway, I, so I would give it, um, Oh man, I definitely at least at least for what do we say honeycombs? Um, Boy, honeycombs. Maybe maybe we'll go even higher in the future. We'll see. Honey, yeah, no, I kept I I tweet afterwards. I, I was like, Candyman, Candyman, we went Candyman. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Stupid. Anyway, uh, I, I think I, I haven't seen Farewell to the Flesh or Day of the Dead, but I'm, I'm guessing that uh, both movies called Candyman are better than. than yeah, those two. I, I would say I've they never are. Watched them, um, yeah. You know, uh, considering the sequels uh, are more or less pornos, um, you know, or look like a porno. I think that this one is at least aesthetically even better. But uh, yeah, I would I would probably echo the three and a half for Honeycombs. I thought this was um, aesthetically sound. I think the vision is there. I think Nia DaCosta is a total force when it comes to her imagery here, especially. I mean, just immediately in this movie, you get a sense of place and 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 feel and the dread is in and just the shot selections are just always superb and um even though i do think that yeah it's 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 lean it's not as mean as it could be which i kind of like and i also think there's some gripes here and there i think it could punch a little harder sometimes but there's some stuff that sticks with you and give me atmosphere as much as possible and that's the reason why i brought this up because one of the things that makes me excited about Candyman is that it's one of the first mainstream atmospheric horror movies I've seen in a while. Like I can't yeah. think of too many movies that have hit the the blockbuster vein that have conquered the box office with strictly atmospheric horror with mostly atmospheric horror because, you know, not to spoil anything, I know that's going to sound redundant, but there's not a lot of gore in this movie. Like there is some, but there's not it doesn't go to where it should go with when you think of like where this is actually some of the kills that are happening. Instead, it's really just about the dread that surrounds you. And I think that the main event that we're talking about today, Salem's Lot, is for that story to succeed, it really is about atmosphere and dread. Um, And so it makes me excited that maybe... Maybe the audiences are are, are ready for uh, a little more uh, a little more nuance, you know, when it comes to horror. But look, let's get to Pet Cemetery first. What's the bottom of the truth? We've talked already about the fact that 
uh, for some reason, Caffrey's on this podcast. He broke the news actually three years ago. I did. Yeah. They, uh, the- I interviewed them in person at the two direct, but they're not working on this one in any capacity. I don't think Wait, no, no. no so- the producer broke it. Right? Yeah. It, was, it yeah. wasn't them. Yeah. Yeah. So Pet Cemetery prequel. There is going to be a Pet Cemetery prequel. Uh, it's uh, going to be directed by Lindsay Beer. And there is a lot of stuff going on here. We got a young Judd of Variety reports that John W. Lawson, an actor and double hand amputee, has been cast in the role of Stanny. Um, as was previously reported, the very hot Jackson White will play young Judd. So we're going back in time, and which makes sense considering the fact that on your episode or at the interview that you had with Lorenzo de Bonaventura, he talked about how the prequel was pretty much going to be the next spot they land. Yeah, he, that, yeah, that was right. Yeah, it wasn't just like, oh, we're going to do another one if this does well. It's it was definitely going to be a prequel, which makes sense given I I don't know I I know I know a lot of times we're anti prequel right, but Pet Cemetery does have so much material from the back half that you could or like in hidden history that I feel like maybe it could be cool. Um, I, like I wouldn't want to see. I don't, although I don't know. I kind of have always thought about what would a sequel be like with Ellie Creed, right? Because she's the mm-hmm. only the only one. What well, spoiler alert for the book? But no, we've done that episode, right? Um, who survives? Like maybe there that could be something cool. But you know, I'm not a big Doctor Sleep fan, so I don't I don't know if that's King's forte. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about the about the idea of a prequel. I also liked the new Pet Cemetery a lot more than pretty much everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I don't know. Well, this specific story is because there's been a lot of casting that's come out um, since this has come in, but um, they they basically rewrote the character. Uh, so um, per director Lindsay Beer, the character was rewritten to be a double hand amputee after the team saw John W. Lawson's audition. And so he, uh, she said, John's audition portrayed a layered range of both aggressiveness and vulnerability. His character is hiding a secret and has led a difficult life that puts him on the offensive with our main character, Young Judd Crandall. But underneath the bluster, Stanny is someone in search of connection. And he wants to tell our hero Judd the truth. Lawson's performance really brought humanity and nuance to the role. Uh, a large focus of the story was on reversing the genre stereotype of the mystical indigenous and cursed Native American land. I try to be as inclusive as possible in all of my projects, and that includes creating meaningful roles for disabled people. We had not originally envisioned a W amputee for Stanny's character. Lawson's unique circumstance led to some interesting changes in the backstory and actions of his character, and for all the better. I mean, there is a lot of thought for what is particularly a minimal story that we get in the book. I don't really know what to make of this. I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know how much we actually think is going to have, you know, Timmy Baderman, who's the conduit for a lot of this storytelling in the book that we're going to see. I don't know how much is just going to be sandboxing the little bits and pieces that we get from Pet Cemetery. but what are your all thoughts on this? Jen, um, are you interested in going back uh, to Ludlow uh, through this prequel? And what are your thoughts on the casting here and the characterizations? Well, I think the casting sounds great. And I love um, a director who like is intentionally inclusive. I think it's really interesting that he's talking about the um, indigenous and cursed Native American land. And I want to, before I say what I, about something I'm not excited about, there's a documentary called Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, a history of folk horror that mentions Pet Cemetery as folk horror. And it's really good. I'm not sure if it's actually out yet, but it's been at, a, it was at um, South by Southwest. Um, and so I think that's interesting that they're going to, to try to tackle that I that makes me very very nervous um to see how they're gonna do it um I, I just am not excited for this you know mm-hmm. I feel like Pet Cemetery 
of all of the books that I love by Stephen King, it's de- it's one of my top five, but I think it really is one that's just a perfect story. Like even some that I love, there are a couple of things that I think I would change. And I, I really have a hard time thinking of anything in Pet Cemetery that I would change. And I just, I don't want to know more because I don't want, I, I don't know. That said, like the book will always be there. The movie will always be there. I'm not going to be one of those people that says it's ruined my childhood by existing, but it's just not something that I'm really excited about aside from the fact that there's a young hot Judd um but you know <laughs> I also was not excited about Lisey's story I was not excited about Chapel Wait and I ended up loving both of those so who knows yeah I mean it's pretty interesting that this to that the cast that all you know includes the aforementioned that we already discussed that includes uh Forrest Goodluck Natalie Ain Lind Isabella Starr LeBlanc were the you know where they were originally cast early on but the two castings that really have me turn my head is Samantha Mathis and Henry Thomas. Hmm. Um, I love Henry Thomas. Uh, yeah, ET. me too. Um, Suddenly more interesting. Wasn't and Lind I, in um, Dr. Sleep? Was she see. the blonde? Uh, no, she was in... Um, you mean Snakebite, Andy? Yeah, yeah, Snakebite. No, no, um, no. She was in... Um, she was more most recently in like Big Sky last year. She was in like The Gifted. Oh, oh, that's her sister. Oh, interesting. Oh, Oh, there you go. Keeping in the keeping in the King family. There you go. I knew the last name Lynn sounded familiar. Okay. I kind of like when they do that with these King adaptations. You kind of keep everything a little bit there. I don't think you realize like uh, uh, Henry Thomas was in Doctor Sleep. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) Breaking news if you were looking close. Yeah, yeah, and and, you know uh, Samantha Mathis uh, was also in uh, Pump Up the Volume, uh, which Uh, was Samantha uh, Mathis was in the Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so she already she has some King's uh, connection and also uh, a connection so with Christian, Christian Slater, Slater. <laughs> who is uh, also in Word Processor of the Gods, which is uh, the short and um, oh, that's uh, right. And oh, he was in the Dolan's Cadillac and in Dolan's These Cadillac. People really so, were in Stephen King stuff. Yeah. It wasn't even jokes. <laughs> they really were in Stephen King. We're stuff. just trying to just walk around. So, Justin, what do you think about this? Because I mean, I know you weren't a big fan of the 2019 remake. You know, I, I was kind of right down the middle with the remake, honestly. I think I liked, it was literally kind of like a Halloween 2018 situation where for everything I liked, there was something I didn't like, mm-hmm. you know? It was just kind of a frustratingly mediocre experience for me. Mm-hmm. Before I get negative, I do want to say something positive, and that is um, about having this person who's a double amputee in the story. And I'm, I'm curious if this is going to have something to do with, this, take, this takes place right after the war, right? Yeah. I, it's probably going to have something to do with, I'm sure it's going to be somebody who's come back from battle or something. But it reminds me of the best years of our lives. Um, and Harold Russell was an amateur. Um, at, he was hired for the movie, and he was also double amputee. And he's in the movie. He ended up, I think he was nominated for Academy Award. Incredible performance, obviously very moving because he's really in double amputee. He's really doing everything, especially back in the 40s and trying to maneuver around, live. Must have been nearly impossible. I can't even imagine what it's like now. But um, it reminded me of that for some reason. And then also the fact that I thought that was the only movie that person was ever in. And it cut to like 40 years later. I was watching Richard Donner's Inside Moves, this obscure 80s movie that he did after Superman, which we mentioned earlier because, of course, Superman watches Tequila Sunrise at the end of Superman. We can't forget that. (laughs) But, um, But the actor is in it. Wow. And now it turned out that was only the second movie he ever did. And I was like, I was like in tears. Like I could not believe, like I thought he was just gone forever. It was anyway, very moving experience. That's my positive, sweet thing I wanted to say. Okay. All right. Well, so here's the situation. Put a a little acid in that. Uh, Here's and I'm I'm just going to be honest. Like I just feel like, especially with the, the Baderman story, 
basically was was just based around right it's yeah based oh, around absolutely. that the era and i feel like whatever we get from that is is this going to be too much i what we get in the novel and in that flashback in the 87 version is perfect yeah because it, it's a short story that kind of leaves a lot to the imagination because it's just being narrated it's being told by judd and i think that there's a specific reason why it's a story within a story because even the person that came up with it king thought it was better to exist like that. Mm-hmm. Now, if they find a way around it, great. Like, I'll applaud them. Again, it's like Jen said, I'm not going to lose sleep if I Dr. don't sleep. like the Pet Cemetery right. prequel. You know what I mean? I'm not like, yeah. <laughs> it's like I've been waiting for this to happen. They're going to let me down. Now, yeah. here's the really tricky Release thing. Release the King cut. <laughs> Release the King cut. Oof. Release the Baderman cut. Um, yeah. ah. uh, here's a very tricky issue to navigate through, but let's tr- I'm going to try to be as nuanced as possible. So if this was a 100% uh, original adaptation of the source material, you can do whatever you want. You can change everything you want when it comes to the folklore surrounding the mystery of Pet Cemetery and everything else. You could have it be pilgrims that cursed, mm-hmm. like Mr. Boogity. Yeah. You know? Mr. Have it be Boogity like white be pilgrims and, 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 and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the, the problem is, if this is acting as a true prequel to either movie... The Wendigo is is involved in those movies. You mm-hmm. can't, unless the Wendigo takes his mask off and says, "I'm Dracula," like you can't. Oh, like Dan Dracula. Mask off and he's the psychiatrist. It's actually. just, it, <laughs> yeah, he's Bogeyman. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how you, I, I don't know I'm, how you work your way I mean, around is, that. It, is the director they saying that that's not going to be in the movie at all, or is it more? Well, it just, just sounds about... like they're going to kind of try to lean away. Yeah. From because. The only time they really talk about the Native Americans in those movies, correct me if I'm wrong, is when they talk is about the talking Nick, Nick, Nick. about yeah. the Wendigo and the Pet yeah. Cemetery. They're not really expanding upon that in, in any other way, right? I, so I right. don't know yeah. what else you can do unless you're trying to say that this is actually haunted by something else. And I don't know. I mean, you could a, a way to because I don't know. I I personally don't have an issue, you know, with with those tropes in the older Pet Cemetery movies in the novel. However, I do get that, like, you know, 2021 is very different than the 80s whenever it came out. And that if you are doing something like that, right, you don't want to just be using that culture for that one thing. Like, I totally mm-hmm. get that, right, how that that's an issue. So in my in my mind, I'm like, I mean, I don't, you know, I'm no authority on any of this, and I'm not an indigenous person, obviously. But in my mind, you, I mean, you could just have other indigenous characters who don't have anything to do with that. You know what I'm saying? I feel like if you see other... If you see indigenous oh, people I mean, represented, that's in what they're going to do. That that's perfectly yeah. fine. That, that, that makes total sense to yeah. me. It's just if you're going to, I hope they don't try to retcon. That would feel weird. History. I think that would feel <laughs> forced feel and feel strange. Weird. Well, I from think a storytelling if, perspective. Well, I mean, in real life, um, you know, outside of King's Dominion, I mean, the idea of the Wendigo is an actual myth that is mm-hmm. specific to that area of of the of North America. Um, yes. It's mostly in the the woods of Canada and Minnesota, but. You yeah, know. I mean, it literally is a Native American myth. It's not like yeah. King is, you know, making that up. And the Mi'kmaq uh, is a real tribe, so it's not mm-hmm. like you know. I mean, I, don't, I I get that we don't want to take liberties too much, you know, especially <laughs> given a bunch of white creators in America. I'm sure that's not great, but uh, I I do think that I do hope that it doesn't try to like you know. I think this is kind of like the pro, like not really the problem, but I think this is what's also kind of. Um, 
uh, ruffled some feathers with the, the new Candyman actually too, um, because I've I've seen a lot of like I don't know if I would call it heated debate as much as like more like pointless idiotic debate, but you know a lot of people just don't really like what they do with the changes to the mythos in this uh, story. Um, and to that, I say, um, it's a work of fiction. Um, but, um, you know, it's, I can see where, you know, there comes a point where there is, the, there is that established, uh, you know, mythology with the Wendigo, especially with, I mean, since they leaned into it in the new one, even more so than the first one, uh, or the, you know, uh, Mary Lambert's edition. So I have to imagine they're working around that. But then I guess that's the question I have to you is that like, is this going to be connected to the 2019 movie or is it going to be connected to nothing in general or is it just gonna be a totally new ip because yeah. technically paramount still has the rights to the original pet cemetery so it could conceivably be a prequel to that pet cemetery if they wanted it you know it's living on paramount plus like that's what it's going to be so it doesn't it's not even like they have to do a prequel to the 2019 version if they don't want to i don't know anyway well, that was a long the story <laughs> the story is like a self-contained story like the reason there's really not much mythology in the book is because you don't need it for the story it's really just about this family you know and so they really could go in any direction they wanted to and i mean because in my mind it's either going to be about two things it's either going to be about um hanratty the bull or timmy baderman which i kind of feel like we already got with pet cemetery too you yeah. know or it's going to be about like the ground going sour and what happened there, which I think could be interesting. And I might be a little more interested in that, um, especially if Henry Thomas is in it in some way. Because um, <laughs> I a good point, like him. But like, I but that also makes me, you know, just be careful. You know? It's going to be tricky. As yeah. tricky as some of the and that's what I was talking about earlier with Candyman. You know, we've there's a lot of reviews out there by various people. And I think that when you start to, to deal with certain topics, it can get extremely tricky. Yep. And yeah. that's, you know, let's see what happens here. You just, like, and like you said, like who's writing and directing this? Right. It's, it's, it, good luck. You yeah. know? And I mean, uh, and, you it'll know, be, it's all best intentions, right? It's all good intentions. But right. We've heard the expression. That's all I'm saying. Yes. And it's like, you know, white people can tell stories that are not about white people, but you need to really, really consult and have a lot of voices involved. And mm -hmm. it's maybe not the best choice. You know, is there someone else that could direct this movie? But, you know, that's all if that's what the direction is, you know, and that's maybe I would be interested in that, I think. But I is it but the way all the best? <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm, and and I'm, I'm very, I'm, listen, definitely curious about this. Obviously, it's a mm -hmm. cemetery related and Pet Cemetery, like for me, is also the rare uh, five noser for me. I, I mm -hmm. think it's, it's arguably his best book. So, man, I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, good luck. Yeah. They should just make a, they should tie it to the MCU and make it a prequel about the villain Wendigo. Um, oh. was the first Tell us more. The, I'm sure that villain's not yeah. problematic either. What's the, what's the villain? <laughs> of he fights, it's the first appearance of Wolverine. Wolverine and the Hulk team up to oh. fight the Wendigo. Oh, yeah, just, maybe, just maybe. about the Wendigo. Yeah, she's like he's a big like, Yeti, pretty much. That's how they could bring him. back. Uh, yeah. They could bring back, you know, uh, Hugh Jackman and Hugh Jackman? Uh, Eric, Eric Bana. You know, bring him back. <laughs> they could. Hey, this monster uh, of what the two thousand? Yeah, just to so totally confuse everyone in the MCU. Hey, it's the multiverse. Anything can happen. <laughs> hey, you know? Doctor Strange just could bring out back. Of the Cairn. We can get yeah. Dale Midkiff and yeah. Jason um, together. Jason two different, two different uh, Lewises. <laughs> Oh my God! If only Paramount Plus would get absorbed by the Mouse House, and you know, I gotta say, uh, probably not. With uh, you know, that's not out of uh, possibility considering the world that we live in right now. I think We're the Mouse be House absorbed is, by the Mouse House eventually. Mouse House is big ears. I see the Mouse House outside my house right now. Um, that was a double house right there. How about that? Well, let's go to another <laughs> house. Twister. 
<laughs> yeah. Let's go to another house because uh, I got I got a night shift at this one. Um, so do you want to take the this story, Justin? Sure. I, well, listen, folks. Um, turns out another night shift short is getting an adaptation. And this time it's going to be a podcast with a surprisingly high-profile cast, Strawberry Spring. Ooh. Remember this one? The chilling story of a serial killer named Spring Hill Jack, performed yeah. by the likes of Garrett Hedlund. Oh, he would have been a King's Dominion uh, uh, alumnus. I believe um, Paul Sparks replaced him uh, in, on Castle Rock season two. That's right. That's correct. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, was supposed to, he was supposed to play Ace Merrill and he got replaced. I feel like oh. it was a, a um, age issue, obviously. I feel like you're trying Probably. to get older. Yeah. Um, He's original Riggins is how I know. Jen, you'll appreciate this. Uh, <laughs> Gilmore Girl alum, Milo Ventimiglia. Also Sydney. known as Rory's hottest boyfriend. Rory's hottest? Okay, all right. He's got, she had some pretty hot boyfriends on that show. Um, yeah. Didn't Sam wasn't Sam Winchester a boyfriend? Yes, he but sure he was, was not nearly as dreamy until he got to uh, Supernatural. Oh, that's true. That is true. Yeah. He's kind of a he was he's kind a of a loser. Boy. A little bit of a dork. <laughs> yeah, he fucking um, sucks in Stars Hollow. <laughs> no, oh no. Sure. Uh, no, I, I mean, no, I, no, I'd no, still no, got no, a problem no. with him. <laughs> Sydney Sweeney, who was just on The White Lotus, and is oh. also on what's that really fun comedy show on H? Oh, Euphoria. She's on that too. <laughs> and a personal favorite, a delight. Ken Marino. Yeah. Mm, love Ken Marino. I've loved him for since the days of the state 30 years ago. So he's going to be in this, presumably playing Spring Hill Jack. No, I'm kidding. I was, <laughs> no I was just thinking, <laughs> uh, hey, uh, I'm Spring Hill Jack. And Jack, come on. It's directed, written and directed by Lee Metzger. If somebody wants to look up what that person's done, I'll, I'll read, I'll read uh, Headland's interview. It. Cool. So Headland says, the experience was glorious. I was the first one to put down any part of the story, and I was the first one to put down my character. You're dealing with yourself, but it's like story time with yourself, especially when you're dealing with a mystery. How are you going to make it a cliffhanger? Although it could have been a challenge to record without other actors, Hedlund says that the process worked for his introverted character. Hedlund says, it was enjoyable for me because, especially because the guy is quite internal and trying to rack his brain constantly. And so you're feeding not only the external dialogue, but also the internal thoughts and the thought process and stuff. And so it's a fun little roller coaster within that, especially... When the internal dialogue starts to become very psychological and almost psychotic to an extent, then you have a lot to play with within that. So if you know the story, <laughs> you know who, uh, who Spring Hill Jack is in this. Yeah. You know, so just- this is interesting. So I'm looking at Lee Metzger's IMDb profile and mostly a producer of reality shows. He produced something called Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. That's not that Mickey Dolan's thing, is it, uh, Justin? Um- I- I don't that, think so. That there there, there is a rock and roll fantasy camp that's not Mickey Dolan's. Not related to that. Connected. So, so this is interesting. I, I don't. Maybe this isn't news. Um, they already have eight. They have like the individual episodes listed here on IMDb of Strawberry Ooh. Spring. All eight of them already. First one, Spring Hill Jack is back. Second, wow. Written in Blood. Three. What can you tell me about Charlotte? Drive slow. Well, Charlotte. Oh, I thought you were asking me a question. I was, I was just there not too long ago. Uh, snow angels, adrift at sea, damaged goods, and selective memory. So, I, you know, it's funny. Whenever mm. we do uh, a Hollywood King episode, just talk about Hollywood King in general on this podcast. Whenever you're like, oh, are you excited about this? My answer usually in my head is like, well, I'll be excited when they actually start shooting the thing because I'm, I feel like there's just so many, even in the King Renaissance, there's so many properties that get started but never finished or even uh-huh. really started, right? So the fact that they have the episodes listed and it looks like this thing is in the can, that, that does make me interested at least. 
Well, I will say um, it premieres this week, so uh, it is all done. It is ready to go. Oh, wow. It is going Shows to go out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I, I must have missed that in the doc. I did not know it was coming out this week. No, <laughs> but you know, you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of private parts when he's just like, he's like, oh, man, I loved Uncle Dave's. You know, it was a great place. My my parent, my dad used to take me there all the time. And uh, Uncle Dave's opens this weekend, and it's the first <laughs> store of its kind. It's like He's like, well, um. I realized I just caught it in a lie. I lied to you, uh, so oh, I apologize yeah. for what happened. That was, this, I mean, that wasn't a lie. That was just me not I know, doing my not doing my research. I mean, that's worse almost. That's just me being stupid. No, no, but I I, th- I think it's a fair point though because we do hear about these fucking projects all the time and nothing ever happens. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, how many times have like there's like like rest stop that was supposed to happen, like the dark half that was supposed to happen, like all these movies that they announced like over and over again. You know, it never comes to fruition. That's why, like, when, you know, Brian Fuller was talking about, like, Christine, it's like, okay, well, we'll see what happens, you know? Like, yeah. Well, especially just... with him, too, right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> true. So um, I'm excited for this because I, you know, look, we're no strangers to the audio drama now, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, we did an audio drama this <laughs> I'm summer. offended they didn't ask us to be involved, to be 100%. I know, well, I didn't want to say, but I'm actually playing Spring Hill Jack. I knew oh, it. Oh, my <laughs> God. Sorry. And introducing Sorry, Jen Adams <laughs> Exactly. That's Spring Hill Jack. <laughs> yeah <laughs> tequila sunrise is love- for everybody <laughs> well they, they it opens with tequila sunrise the song and then it closes with uh was it strawberry swing uh yeah, by Coldplay? Bum, bum, All right. yeah. or is it frank i like the frank ocean version a little oh. bit better. maybe, maybe yeah mm. <laughs> and hey and there's for the a- mid-season emotional episode when well, there is a, yeah. there's a, there is an episode called lost at sea or something or oh, like lost. Sea, so so you yeah. can save the ocean it was subtitled <laughs> the frank ocean version yeah yeah, yeah. Which, uh, drifted sea. yeah. <laughs> what other uh do you think this would work for other stories yeah, yeah. i yeah. i thought of a few um because what i keep thinking of is like george irving back in the old days the oh. 80s uh, cassette tape reading alvin <laughs> schwartz's um scary stories of tell in the dark Ooh, mm-hmm. they're great yeah and just the, the use you could do but you can add on top of that and you could add music and i'm thinking of like all the foley work you could do for like grandma Oh yeah! Um, God, that would be awesome. Fourteen oh eight, yeah, would be really cool. And then, if you really wanted to get gross, a very tight place from just after oh. sunset, which is about a guy stuck in a porta potty that gets tipped over. I love <laughs> yeah. that story. But it's imagine, so the, imagine the effects so you could do. It's so gross. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so God, it's, it's so, so good gross. and gross. Oh. Yeah, we were just watching Fear Street seventy eight for a PA RS psychoanalysis. A commentary and oh, there's a scene yeah. that takes place in like a toilet for 20 minutes essentially and so we were so it's definitely the 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 tamer version of the oh much tamer place. yes this yeah. is oh yeah there's a lot more not nearly there's... as much feces or everything else don't you think yeah. it's weird that like there are like multiple characters in king's dominion that had to like crawl through shit yeah hmm. yeah there's andy defrains uh <laughs> it they have to go through some yeah. shit yeah uh, the stand the stand there's there ain't shit in the stand probably at some um, point well, well i guess I well mean, there is in the cbs version right instead of the yeah, tunnel, that's true. Oh, the yeah, sewers. Right. it's the yeah. sewers oh mm-hmm. i thought you were gonna make a joke justin no no but it, <laughs> oh that that <laughs> all right something about yeah. the series itself that, no, I, 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 actually, hey, I was a defender of that so I, I, I liked it more than most but uh, you know i i it's this like is dan's theme for the episode i liked this more than most 
<laughs> we're going to get to the peak coming up. Well, look, you could uh, you could stream that episode we referenced, Pocket Savior, on Paramount Plus, which will, <laughs> as we discussed previously, will soon have uh, the Pet Cemetery prequel. So look, and that this is not an episode sponsored by Paramount Plus, even though this podcast has been sponsored by Paramount Plus. So how about that? Uh, Jen. I got, or actually, do we uh, think there are any other stories that you'd want to see as a podcast? I'm sorry, I didn't really go around about that. Well, that's so. Here's the thing that greedy in that sense. The the reason I think that this would would work really well is because it's such an internal story, and it feels like I can't remember if it's set in first person, but it's like just one voice, and that's where I think a lot of um, audio dramas really go awry is when it's a lot of a lot of different voices and it's hard to keep track of what it is like I just want somebody to tell me stuff you know um and so like the ones you mentioned like grandma and 1408 those are like about singular characters you know I think the man who loved only flowers would be a fun one you know I think Um, it's underrated I love that short story I do too I think so too I was just listening to it um you know graveyard shift would be kind of fun Oh, you could get some cool rat, yeah, some rat. Yeah, yeah. We're, and we're I mean, just, I'll listen to the Mangler till the end of time. So I we're just it. talking night shift stories, right? Yeah. I mean, one yeah. for hey, the road, one for the wrong, one for yeah. the road's first person, isn't it, or not? It's, is it's it from a story that's being told. That could it, work, it, it, but it ends up becoming the person the people go out there. Yeah, though, so you could you can make some yeah. adjustments and do that. I mean, there's some really cool sound effects. I mean, any Kane property is going to have some right. sound effects. And it's really right? like doesn't necessarily have to be first person, but just like a singular perspective, you know. Which leads me to the best short story ever, uh, Mrs. Todd's Shortcut. So we should have. Oh, you yeah. know, what? I almost put that down because that's one of my favorites too, Jen. So well, I feel good. like I gotta see that. That's gotta be like a visual for me. I did I too. Like yeah. I agree. That, that, that's... I'll take it in any form I can get. I just love it so much. And in in would be well, interesting too. Yeah, I like in a lot. I could see uh, Night Shift, the 1982 film directed by Ron Howard, being a fun uh, little audio drama. When I was younger, I really thought comedy. I saw that in the store, and I really thought it was an adaptation, like a comedic adaptation of <laughs> of, of, of Stephen King. I had no idea that it was about pr- prostitutes working out of a, a funeral home. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, any other stories? Absolutely uh, no other stories. Never. That's none. Like, those are the only three. I don't want to see anything. I don't want I, anything I, else to anything. I, 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 we, you know, we kicked around ideas of us doing our own um, based on a, a short story. I don't know if we, I don't think we're allowed to do that unless we get some sort of legal rights for it. Yeah, that might be You get an audio one. dollar, maybe? Was, hey, is in and just after sunset? Yes. Uh, eventually? Yeah. Isn't it funny yeah. that as much as we, at least I think we all kind of agree that like Nightmares and Dreamscapes is a pretty bad collection of short stories. There were still short story collections in the future that I think are pretty good. Oh, yeah. It's so oh, strange I, that that mm-hmm. one's such a dud. Everything's eventual just after sunset. Yeah. I think yeah. Bizarre Bad Dreams is pretty uh, good, too. I, I, I actually really too. like this later on. It's just so weird that that – I think those are all even better than, honestly, Skeleton Key to a, for the most part. But Skeleton anyway. Crew? You know what? Oh, Skeleton or Crew, the, yes. The no, yeah, Crew, Crew, Crew. <laughs> Justin just saw oh, so Skeleton Key, the movie. Skeleton Key yeah. as well. Great movie uh, with a creepy ending, you know? Um, it does good have Good for the spooky holiday. Aaron Crew from Spring Free. All right. Well, let's move on to the next story because we got a phone call to answer from the black phone. Kaffer, you want to take this one? I'm traumatized. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, it is trauma. It was a traumatic uh, trailer preview. Give me a fucking break. God, the headlines that were coming out of CinemaCon last last week were ridiculous. Uh, Kaffer, take it away. All right. Don't we read this whole thing? Here we go. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. 
All right, this bit's not about King, but his son, Joe Hill. Scott Derrickson, who directed The Excellent Sinister, I agree with that, has, I love that movie, has adapted one of Hill's 20th century ghost stories, The Black Phone, and the trailer premiered at CinemaCon. This variety piece is comically hyperbolic, but uh, I'll admit it made me excited to see the trailer itself. It's not, not available for us plebes yet. Uh, <laughs> Ethan Hawke plays the villain in the story of an abducted boy locked in a basement that's stained with blood, soiled with blood, <laughs> of half a dozen other murdered children. In the cellar with him is an antique telephone, long since disconnected, uh, but which rings at night with calls from the dead. I imagine we'll get a look at the trailer soon. So, so yeah, just to be clear, no one can see this yet, right? Like, no, no one. So. Because that's September 1st. Oh, okay. that's like uh, <laughs> just like the yeah, I know, from, oh, well. no, I'll go ahead and read the uh, description of the trailer. Uh, I, I, I here's the thing. A lot of these might be amazing trailers. I think trailer descriptions are so funny. Like the Halloween uh-huh. one. Like I'm so I'm so excited for Halloween Kills, but read it just reading the trailer descriptions. Like, oh yeah. fuck, he stabs someone. Oh, fuck, shit, so it's fuck. It's so fucked. Oh, oh brutal. God. Anyway, all right, here we go. So um the Black Phone teaser, which Variety uh, may or may not have watched from behind both hands, sees the narrative firing. Wait, I like how Randall... Sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, wait, like, no, no, you, sorry, you, sorry. You I, didn't realize that Randall put in there... That it's definitely supposed to be sarcastic. I know, I, but I'm, know. I'm like, I, I didn't, you know, I haven't, I haven't watched the trailer either. So here, yeah, sorry, I'm, I start Re- off. There. Let's do that again. We'll hear this again. No, that's I, I fine. A, no, it's fine. No, it's funny. No, I'm, re- I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. In. It's all staying in. I'm going to read it. I like how Dan read it totally straight. Like, which variety? <laughs> well, that's why I asked. I was like, should I read it? That's why I was like, should I read it? Because I didn't mean like, oh, should I just summer? I'm like, well, let's let's add some context. So Randall wrote all these. He was supposed to be here tonight. He couldn't be here. So we're all reading his write ups, which. <laughs> Most of which are probably in the Dairy Gazette. So uh, yeah. you know, anyway. when I, we should or we should say um, the rest of you are doing a good job and just summarizing his writings. I'm actually reading. It <laughs> I, I like the fact that you did this. <laughs> this is great. All right, so I, I actually did start with the wrong. The, I skipped the first paragraph. So here I'll start with the first paragraph. All right. Hawk appears at first glance in white face paint and a top hat, struggling with falling grocery bags beside a totally unsuspicious beat up black van. He lures the film's young lead, Mason Thames, watching from Mason afar Thames. with with, <laughs> know, with tales of being a part-time magician. Okay, that's Randall. Before we know <laughs> it, we're in the aforementioned murder basement and that phone starts ringing. Uh, the Black Phone teaser, which Variety may or may not have watched from behind both hands, sees the narrative firing on multiple <laughs> cylinders. The movie promises pure dread as Thames is tortured by Hawk, fond of donning terrifying masks and taunting him with stories of previous basement tenants and his own childhood. The supernatural is introduced via the phone calls where the spirits of fallen children attempt to help Thames escape, leaving clues and life hacks in his physical space. A young neighborhood girl is also burdened with visions of Thames and capture and attempts to help lead the police to him before it's too late. Now it's funny because I have, I've read 20th century ghosts. And I love it. I don't, I don't remember this story. It's been, it's been almost a decade since I've read I've it. I've been so I don't slowly know. working my way through it over the past year or so and i'm two stories away from this one oh so i have not read man. this either but it's definitely there i think it's the seventh I'm look, in the yeah collection. the one I, I always remember pop art and oh, uh, so uh I, I think i mean the whole collection yeah. is great but i think that one just eclipses everything else. i mean it's a really good short story collection but yeah, um, I, but yeah. I yeah. definitely recommend that so I what do we think i mean look Oh, I, I don't know necessarily if this can be scary, but this guy sounds like a real jerk. The, the story is really scary. I, I remember it being really dark and yeah. upsetting. Mm-hmm. Like it reminded me of um, um, 
new best new horror, which I think is the first story in that collection. Oh yeah, that's like terrifying. that's yeah, it is yeah. Like okay, so Joe Hill to me feels like, and I have not read a lot of Joe Hill, so you know I could be wrong, but it feels like a mix between like King and Bachman. You know, it's like this like really well told stories, but there's like a real mean streak in there. You know, and this one oh, I feel yeah. like is this is a dark story. So like I imagine especially having seen um what is it sinister like how dark that one is and mm-hmm. knowing like literally yeah, dark sinister also so he looks dark. funny mm-hmm. I, I have not seen sinister but he also directed doctor strange which we made reference oh, really? to earlier when you said like that you were gonna, he was going to open up the pet cemetery universe <laughs> oh, and all the versions were going to be there look we're I, uh, well, this really of, good you should see it yeah sinister's excellent I, yeah, yeah. what this reminds like me of is and not just because it's in the description clive barker's dread do you remember mm. that short story from Books of Blood? That's right. Oh man, Mm-mm. there's so many stories in Books of Blood. I'm trying. Is, oh, is Dread from, where they go to? Um, well, the guy Central like kidnaps, America. He kid no, he kidnaps that one person and kind of it's like a claustrophobic story. Oh, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Anyway, it kind of drives him like it sounds eerily familiar. But let uh, me guess, uh, that Clive Barker story ends in happy, right? You know. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, everybody gets happy. Always. Everybody walks yeah. out holy. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, it's always great with the uh, yeah, Clive man. Barker world. It's it's so funny that I don't remember. Like yeah, I remember Abraham's boys. What's the one about the, That's uh, the last one I've read? I think. About the um, the couple the the people who are extras at Night of the Living Dead. Oh, what, I haven't which, got there yet. I don't oh, that think. one's great. I mean, there's I a ton of good stories. It's weird. I actually yeah. remember the non nasty stories a little bit better. At the, yeah, the black phone. I, I'm I'm uh. And hey, not ringing a bell. And by bell, I mean <laughs> Alexander Graham Bell, inventor mm, of the telephone. Really good. Well, I'll say this. I was looking at the cast. The rest of this cast is pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got James Jeremy Ransom. Davies, star of Lost. Well, I always thought Jeremy Davies was like kind of like an equivalent of Henry Thomas. I used to. Yes, I 100% agree. He's like his dorkier younger brother. Maybe he's the same age. He's a, he's a you know, But you know who else is in this? My boy Ziggy, yeah, James Ransone, Eddie Eddie Casbreck himself, yeah. who's also in Sinister, also in Sinister, he yeah. is great in yeah. Sinister. Yeah, he's from the Derek Sonniverse. Wait a second, I the thought Derek for a second <laughs> it makes sense that C. Robert Cargill wrote this because he wrote Sinister and Doctor mm-hmm. Strange. I thought for a second it said starring him. Also, I was like, <laughs> oh, right. wait a second, James Ransone. I wonder if he's re- reprising his role from those two movies. Mm, he could be like yeah he's so and so you think he's you know? re- reprising his role as eddie casper <laughs> yeah he's gonna <laughs> be eddie casper he's like well uh you know um, i'm not really dead have you heard of this guy <laughs> stephen king um no but in uh in sinister he plays a cop mm. and a cop that like totally ends up being a believer of all the stuff that's happening so i could see this being linked if they wanted yeah. Um, I don't know. You never if, know. Who knows? It could exist in that universe. Fred Thompson's not going to be in it, though. Derrickson's like, sadly. Listen, Joe, I'll do He's it. Dead. I'll do it. But have you ever seen the movie Split? <laughs> if you oh, stick God. around post credits, it turns out it's connected to another movie called Unbreakable. <laughs> Here's what I want I want Sinister and I want the Black Phone. We'll take it from there. <laughs> Trust Uncle Scotty. <laughs> Aren't they Trust doing. Him. Aren't they? I'm, aren't they working on no joke like an insidious, sinister mashup? And aren't they calling it like in sinister? I don't think I don't think I'm lying. I know Sin- they're working. I know they've talked about a crossover. I think yes, they are. Oh my god! I think they might be calling it in sinister. Yeah, during an interview with Cinepop. Wow. This is from three years ago, though, to be fair. This is from over three years ago, this, this interview. <laughs> they could, they know, could call it Sinsidious. That would also work. Mm, <laughs> they also call like it Stupid. <laughs> Coming soon. Just You've never seen anything this stupid. 
produced Why by are Jason we Bourne. doing this? Yes. I don't know. The titles <laughs> oh, wait, no, are the same. Jen, that's the title. Presenting <laughs> coming soon. Why are we doing this? Yeah, There's nothing left to do. There's creepy kids in both of them. I don't know. There's yeah. just, wait, you get do you have the Mike, do you have the Blum quote here about Insidious? I do, I do. Read well, it. you know, look, this we love Jason Blum here, right? Oh, I, uh, I, I actually do like Blumhouse quite a bit. I Blum, do. Yeah. he's 100% in my opinion. I just I yeah. just love Blumhouse because they always like to, you know, they, they, they never really like um, capitalize on the politics and stuff. Um, all right, so <laughs> Blum had the following to say when asked if you could ever see an Insidious Sinister crossover uh, happen. And uh, Jason Blum goes, you know, I hope so. I want to. Uh, we almost <laughs> did Insidious and Sinister, and I still feel like we might do that. And so I think so. You know, I I think we're going to cross our worlds at some point. I don't know how yet, but we're going to try. Um, that's mm. my best attempt at a... Wow. At, 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 uh, look, I love Jason like Blum. I actually think he's... Uh, you know, he he might have been. Um, you don't know. You know it, how right. insidious of me. But um, I think this is probably going to happen because I, you know, they want they want to. One of my biggest follies I've ever had as a reporter is interviewing <laughs> Jason Blum. I know this story <laughs> and mistaking the fact that he did not have any ties to Conjuring. It was long. Look, it was at South by Southwest. You get no sleep. And for some reason, I just thought Annabelle was, was tied to it. So I figured, all right, Annabelle Conjuring universe. Great. So I asked him, that was one of the, the movies I listed out of all the other Blumhouse fucking productions. And he goes, well, I, we didn't do Conjuring. And in my head, I just wanted to jump out the fucking window at that Aww. moment. Um, it was so embarrassing. So, but here's the thing. He did tell me, he's like, look, we would have loved to have the Conjuring. And what is the Conjuring if not the Marvel horror universe, basically? And so, like, if this gives them an opportunity to do Insidious and Sinister, and then maybe also throw in, uh, you know, uh, what's what, the Black Phone, they can keep this going and make it this larger entity. I mean, I guess the problem. No, there is no problem because Patrick Wilson doesn't play two different roles. I was thinking again of The Conjuring, but uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> mixing of the, <laughs> the Conjuring again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but yeah, so I, I think you know. This could be real. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't. I mean, we'd have to check IMDb to see if they have names listed for the black phone yet. But actually, I that's mean, a good point. Both those movies check. are terrifying, so I would watch it. You know. So James Ransom's playing Max. So guess there's there goes that theory. Um, mm. Well, we don't I, know what his name is in the first movie, though. Although he is in the sequel, and I imagine he probably has a name. He's yeah, a he probably walked up and he's deputy so and so. I think. Yeah. So Sarah, uh, you know, Shannon Sossman's just like in the sequel. It's just like, hey. um, uh, who are you? <laughs> and he's like, like uh, eh. I, you know. oh wow, that is interesting. No, it is called Deputy So and So. Yeah, that you're right. Like it is. It just and he's ex Deputy So and So in Sinister too. So maybe. Oh really? Is. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe he finally gets a name. That is fucking insane. That his name is Deputy So and So. What the fuck is that? That that is he's crazy. Like the no, that's not his in the real name. Movie. No, I don't think that's supposed to be his real name though. I thought that was no. Like that's a, not his real name. Right, that's yeah, what they yeah, call him in name. the first movie. Yeah, but then the second movie, he's like the protagonist. And they so but they like, st they just don't say what his name is. But they, I don't think it's supposed to be like his name is actually Deputy So and So. No. Yeah, middle name. No, it's what this is this is ridiculous. <laughs> in Wikipedia, it says. Um, <laughs> It's Eric so and so former sheriff's deputy so and so now a private uh, uh, investigator i don't know i feel like they're just using that colloquially don't you think so i don't know this is insane like like why would they it's because they're planting they... the seeds for the universe the cinematic okay. universe they are well, let's you know let's just say that who's to say that he's not max in the black phone 
coming so January 28th, 2022. And uh, who would have thought that the, the, the story that we spent the longest talking about isn't even a Stephen King story. So um, yeah. anyway, we quit very quickly. Um, I do think it's interesting. And I know why Randall put this here that uh, I don't know if you recall, but shortly after If It Bleeds uh, you know, hit stores last year um, during the great pandemic of 2020, the, all these people snatched up like the stories in that um, tome, which isn't really a tome. It's only four stories. Um, so Mr. Harrigan's phone was one of them that was picked up and it's very similar to this. If you think about it, like it's about mm-hmm. a, an older billionaire who dies and then starts interacting, uh, via cell phone. Does uh, old billionaire have like white paint on his face and wear a top hat? No. You never know. He he might. D- I mean, maybe in the cinematic version, James Ransone's version. I, I, of I was has. just describing the, uh, oh. the black phone. That is true. Ethan Hawke character. Is he like <laughs> a, a hot mime? Like Ethan Hawke is apparently going to play? All I can see is Jack Nicholson in that scene. And of course, I got to talk about this now. In Batman <laughs> on the steps of the courtyard. It is legitimate. Like wearing like that type of like lipstick, you know? Like, yeah. It's your Uncle Bingo. Time to pay the check. That's what I'm picturing Ethan Hawke looking like now. I mean, still devastating. I'm picturing the ghost from, have you guys seen Mr. Show, the great Falooza sketch? It's like a parody of Amadeus. <laughs> Yes. It's like, oh, it's God. so funny. It's it's this parody of Amadeus. <laughs> and then, you know, in Amadeus, Salieri's like haunted by, you know, specters and everything the whole time. But so they, they had this, it's essentially Amadeus, but with marching band music instead of orchestral music. So it's just Bob Odenkirk, like marching around going like, and that his rival um, who's supposed to be Salieri sees this ghost that is just like a, a guy caked in corpse makeup with the top hat and the, like, you know, it's a very spooky Yuki ghost. So that's what I'm picturing now. Anyway, you should all watch that. The Great Falooza. It's a wonderful sketch uh, from Mr. Show. I would say definitely watch Mr. Show and probably not Mr. Harrigan's phone because uh, <laughs> according to Randall, who lists out all the people that are involved in this, you get the blindside director, John Lee Hancock. Mm. No, thanks. Uh, you get uh, producer uh, Ryan <laughs> American Horror Story Murphy. Uh and then I'm, you get our I'm boys hit, at Bunnyhouse. I'm miss on Ryan Murphy. I don't know. I, I, I'm out. I'm more like hit or miss, 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 hit. Miss, miss, miss <laughs> yeah. with Ryan Murphy. It's not even hit. It's like he can't even get to like the T in hit. It's yeah. like hit. I'm the first like, two letters are great. Yeah. And then you lose interest. Bye. Rapidly. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I, think I like the OJ thing. Versace's okay. the only thing front to back in the last 10 years. I feel like that, that I feel like he got pretty good, but. Um, yeah. Oh, well, he's going to make a billion dollars Until next anyway. year's um, Clive Owen starring. Um, Impeachment. That's already getting bad reviews, mm. by the way. I don't yeah. I saw oh, that. Really? Well, I'm just glad that the casting director is like, God, you know, when I think of Bill Clinton from Arkansas, <laughs> I think of Clive Owen from London. Like, yeah, he lo- the picture of it looks like Jim Carrey playing Biden on it's, SNL. Mm-hmm. It's yes. awful. such a joke. He's, awful. He's like lost a series of bets or something. Yeah, I think is how this happened. You know, just like Lisey's story, it should have been Campbell Scott in that role. Yeah. Just saying. So also dreamy. Um, Campbell so, Scott, he went gray. I'm always fascinated. Did, ooh, though, but he went totally gray. He did not. He stopped dyeing his hair that like grotesque, like jet black that nobody can naturally grow. I, lo- I love do. the word grotesque. <laughs> well, it looks gro- it looks like somebody like dumped paint on some of these people's heads. You know, <laughs> just go gray. It's I'm, like I'm the going spray gray. hair in a can. Just let it happen, freaks. Yeah. Okay, I, check I will, this out. Yeah, go for it. I do have a question because you know we could say, oh, this is gonna suck. Let's just look at John Lee Hancock's filmography before we judge so harshly. Maybe I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. All right. I was hoping. This is what he's directed. Not a lot. This won't take that long. The Rookie. You know, sweet movie. I actually don't mind The Rookie. The it's a Disney bad. movie, you know? It's, yeah, it's, Dennis it's, Quaid. Yeah, Dennis Quaid. The Alamo. Heard it was awful. Bombed. No. Blindside. Nope. 
Oscar I, I know. Winner. I know the. True I mean, Bloodside had. I, I. I'm not. I've never seen it. I won't see it probably. But I mean, it had yeah. got had some Oscar. I mean, it was it was the most typical like Oscar prestige yes. bait movie. It, right? Yes. Yeah. Very I've seen at least ten Sandra Bullock movies with better performances. Anyway, next. Yes. Speed two. He better did not direct or, Speed two. But better was, or worse than The Blind Side though. Oh, oh, oh mm. come on. Speed 2 is probably worse than The Blind Side. Yeah, it's But Jason yeah. Patrick. I bet you while exactly. you're sleeping that's is, what's, that's is, more disappointing. While you're sleeping is probably better than The Blind Side. I like that movie. <laughs> I, like, I like while you're sleeping. Excellent movie. Amazing we can go movie. on. Yes. Two if by C. I'm kidding. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Saving Mr. Banks numbers. have not seen it. I heard it was kind of Trekly as well. I heard yeah. it was not that little, no. little Oscar baity. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the Mary cried. Poppins behind the scenes. It was good. I cried. Yeah, right. it's, it's, okay. par- it's part of two decent movies, then, right? Look, possibly it's part of Tom Hanks' long campaign the last ten years of making mediocre movies. So You're, he's um, the king there too. Yeah. Yep. He's the king of movies for a while. He's the king of mediocrity. Yeah, like like Uncle Spielberg. Okay, man, we're, man, Spielberg's never gonna do this pod now. I know. I know, well, man. What were we thinking? So close to sponsoring. What were we thinking? Us. He was definitely gonna be on. Okay, the there founder. Goes all our- <laughs> the, founder. the founder starring isn't uh, it the Michael. Oh, that's one, I actually one? wanted to see that, and then I it's heard it's not bad. It's things. not bad. It's 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 a a great TV movie. So mm. six out of ten. The <laughs> Highwaymen, which is with Kevin Costner, Woody Harrelson. It's the Bonnie and Clyde. Um, <laughs> the story of the people tracking them, right? Mike, wasn't that it's? South, it was. It's South South by they had a whole year. thing. I, did, I read a lot to cover it. I just we all isn't it like six hours long or something though? Was it just a pilot? It was like a mini series, wasn't it? Yeah, or, it was a mini series. What was it? The, I no, I don't think you covered it. The I think we went to the like party. No, we yeah. went to the party and we were like sitting there, like well, I was like, wow, I'm glad we're getting free food at the Highwaymen party or something. like was that. Was it just like <laughs> bl- like bullet ridden cars surrounding <laughs> you or something? Probably. Jen, what did you think I, about the Highwaymen? I <laughs> forgot it was a movie until you just mentioned it. They're okay. like, um, they're they're it, it, it's like a food truck, but it's just got bullet holes, and they're like, uh, would you like a lead sandwich? <laughs> it's just hamburger. <laughs> the guy's just like so bemused. What if they just what if every ten minutes they kept recreating Bonnie and Clyde getting blown away? So, but they have to have like new actors because obviously like the the like the blood packs are exploding and something like that they throw them on the pile on back yeah. <laughs> just like we'll be back in 10 minutes it's a, like it's just, a, there's a couple a, trying to have like a trying to like flirt with each other and these really gunfire let's do let's do a little uh in honor of the of the um the audio in pop. honor of the uh strawberry the, swing the strawberry swing let's do a brief one here so dan you approach Jen like you're at the the Highwaymen rap party or the Highwaymen South by Southwest event, and I will be the uh, the machine gun inter- interfering you trying to hit on her. Okay, ready? So you go ahead. You're hitting on Jen at, at this it- event. Hey, how's it going? I you know I saw you at the movie. Uh, I just figured I'd come over and say hi. Oh, hi. How are you? Yeah. Oh, good. You know, I don't. Yeah. What do you think of the film? Uh, I think the sliders are pretty good. And that's like that's like. My tequila sunrise. It's but they, but they also position this like right next to the food cart, so anyone who's just getting their food like walks up. Like, everything is being served in like glass plates, <laughs> so it's just like, oh, I mean, like, and, like the sound is so loud. <laughs> it's like rattling Throws it up in the air every time. Oh <laughs> uh, God, Janet, Janet hey, Pearson. Hey, a crazy yeah. night tonight, huh? Yeah, well, it was, it was still good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's the fiftieth time they've goes, done that this weekend. Like, it just goes on and on and on. And like people uh, like riding in these cars and like uh, really trying to sell it, you know? God, oh, just killing me. 
anyway, oh, Randall also asked. Randall also asked. Uh, <laughs> he said, <laughs> "There's no coming back from this." <laughs> Randall says in his notes. By the way, this is this is for this, this is true. for an adaptation that's not even in the news right this now. This is not a joke. This is not a joke. Listen, if you're still listening, you've listened to us for four years. You get the bit right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He literally says in the notes. Is Robert Loja still alive? <laughs> He'd be a good Harrigan. <laughs> he died like six I years know. ago. <laughs> I think his last movie was Independence Day 2 just to like sit there oh. and like oh stare my God. around. Well, look, Mr. Harrigan is dead uh. in the story, so maybe Robert Harrigan. Oh, my Loggia God. They bring back, back Robert Loja. The, the, uh, the, the Jen, what, uh, Loggia. What, se- Loggia. what season are you on of Sopranos, Jen? Uh, three. Uh, you'll be seeing Mr. Loja in the oh show. yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the flesh and still alive in a few seasons. Yeah. Well, it could be like it could be like the big chill where like you know they credit Kevin Cosner as the dead body. Speaking Maybe of the highway Loja. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I'm glad someone got that. Uh, all right, well. Here we go. Um, I don't know. I, I love that we saved the biggest story, oh. the only, the, the big hook of this episode. Oh my god, I'm crying right, over here. Right I when know. we're, I feel like I just took like six tablets of ecstasy right now. But um, oh, Jesus, it's that audio okay. drama, you know. Oh, Jen, <laughs> take take the next story, please. Gary, Gary's lot. Uh, All right, Gary's lot. Well, it's been a minute since we've heard an update on the new adaptation of Salem's Lot from producer James Wan and director Gary Doberman, my favorite director. But that changed with the announcement that Lewis Pullman, son of Dreamboat Bill Pullman, mm. will be playing the lead role of Ben Mears. Mm. Um, Pullman was, has an impressive resume, including a co-starring role with Tom Cruise in the new Top Gun movie, which sounds interesting. Which will also, never come out. Uh, I don't know well, why. Well, I have to interrupt you for a second because, as we all know... Um, his father, Bill Pullman, was in Independence Day. Independence Day, Day too. Oh, that's right. Mr. Robert Lugia. Mr. Robert not Robert be playing Lugia. Harrigan. Oh, I mean, unless <laughs> they, they exhume him and use him as the body. <laughs> well, it's look. Like, it's, it's like the Grateful Dead video, Touch of Grey. It's like puppet strings and a skeleton or something. Rest in peace, Robert Lugia. Mr. Harrigan's at Bernie's phone, I guess. Well, to be fair, there are a lot of graveyards. <laughs> there, there is a graveyard in Salem's lot, so maybe he's, maybe they like, <sighs> they, uh, they, Put the the body of Harrigan in the graveyard in Salem's Lot in this adaptation, you know. Or so. suggesting that this is the like, Pet Cemetery prequel. Yeah, I'm, I'm oh, suggesting God. this is, is this what they were talking about? How they're going to be like? She's like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna you know try to fix anything that was offensive from the original, and, and by that we mean we're gonna exhume <laughs> Robert Loja's body, <laughs> resurrect him. Well, like maybe maybe that's like you know Bruce Willis right now is using deep fakes, right? To like oh. basically sell his starring role. Like who's to say estates of like famous actors can't just be like, look, you could use their likeness, go nuts. And then it, if that's it turns the out case, Universal, Universal Studios has got the rights to Robert Loja, yeah, and <laughs> Psycho Two, and they're like, and they, you could use exactly. Loja Two, yeah, or you can or Return to Me is like. Bonnie Hunt's like you can use old loja, <laughs> old loja. Well, or you could do uh, you know if if the body falls, you could use some of the motion cap from like his scene in Big when he's dancing with uh, you know Tom Hanks. Uh, or when he falls oh. and the scene from Psycho Two when he gets stabbed and falls off the balcony to his death. Oh. Anyway, we what's have, this about again? We have, who, else is, who else is in the new Salem slot? <laughs> well, we're talking about Salem's lot. Uh, Jen, sorry, we didn't mean to cut you, Jen. Who <laughs> else okay. is in this? Who else is in All this? All right. So also announced, uh, Mackenzie Lee as Susan, Bill Camp as Matt Burke. Love and, Bill Camp. Well, my crush of the episode, Spencer Treat Clark as Mike uh, Ryerson. Ooh. Well, listen. Um, okay. Sorry. Hold, I, hold on. Hold on. Finally, <laughs> a hot Mike Ryerson. I know. Now wait. Now wait. 
in the in the book, Mike Ryerson is supposed to be kind of a hunk. He's a lot hunkier than yeah. he is in. He's in, like uh, the Ace Merrill was... type hunk who like yeah. is like a burnout and describe him as being digger. like yeah. strong and and strong and hunky. So he's like the Owen T of this production. Okay, you know. Okay. Well, we'll give yeah. Spencer Tree Clark a, a chance. I'm gonna give him a I chance. mean, yeah. he, he's 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 the least of my worries with this production. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> I will see you while you are sleeping like the dead, teacher. <laughs> Well, there. I'll see you while you're sleeping like the dead, teacher. Hey, uh, what, what is he in? Um, <laughs> isn't he in that glass movie? Uh, is he? Or I think he's uh, the kid in Unbreakable who like hates his dad. He, he is. He's, yes, he's, he's the, the murderer kid in, in Mystic River. Spoiler oh, is he? Oh, oh. God. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you didn't expect to see Mystic oh, River. Which is, uh, so I know somebody was going to fire up their 2000s Clint Eastwood marathon, and now they're going to be upset. It was funny because a few weeks ago, um, Sammy was like, ah, you know, I'm just relaxing. I'm, I'm dog sitting. I just put on a good movie, you know, like an afternoon movie. And I was like, oh, what'd you put on? Mystic River. I was like, mm. Mystic, Mystic River. River. At like fucking four o'clock on a Friday. Like, what are you watching Mystic <laughs> right. River it's for? Good it's like movie. Good daylight I just want to cry Sunday and hate at, myself. <laughs> at 10, it's a good Sunday, one o'clock in the afternoon, rainy outside. It is. This yeah. is I know this is a, a tangent. Is Cry Macho have like hype around it? Because that thing looks like shit. I saw the oh, trailer. I, I, I haven't seen it. <laughs> Dude, I'm not like joking. They garbage. showed they showed a trailer in front of Candyman of all things, and the and the whole theater is laughing the entire time because it's because oh, Clint was 91. I mean, he's great. obviously Clint is great, uh, and all that, but but yeah. he's he's he can't even do the old gritty thing anymore. He's just and and it's all like one liners, like like oh, if you want to name your ro- rooster, if what's the line? He's talking about a rooster. He's like, if you want to name your cock macho, go ahead. Like that's oh, and God. people oh, are laughing boy. at it, but in like the worst way. Anyway, so it's, it's like well, right wing eighty year old Oscar grab. Yeah, uh, uh, man. It's, but I had heard about like I'd heard all this hype about, it, and the trailer looks awful. Anyway, continue. Well, this look, d- this d- December 9th is the thirteenth anniversary of uh, Clint Eastwood's uh, supposed final role, which was Gran Torino. So uh, mm, you know, I did like, and Grand he was old in that. I, I didn't thought see, that that was. was I have hot. T- I have positive hot takes on that. I feel like I that did. was the equivalent. What the Unforgiven was to his Western movies, I feel like Gran Torino was to Dirty Harry. But uh, yeah, I agree. No, look, I liked it. I thought it was good. I just, mm-hmm. I remember everyone being like, "Wow, that was the final swan song." Never in my fucking mind in December of two thousand eight would I have thought we're going to be talking about his final come. swan song thirteen years later. Jim, well, anyway, yeah. I have a question. Mm-hmm. I was not looking at pictures of Spencer Treat Clark. By the way. Oh Lord! Carry on. Here I go. didn't know you were doing that. Go He's go really back. dreamy. Okay. <laughs> Where and when will Spencer Treat Clark be performing as Mike Ryerson in Salem's Lot? Oh shit! If look, only- at that oh, look at that. We'll get it right it back. kicks off. He, he will be making an appearance in Boston <laughs> this mm. September, which is what tomorrow. Starting tomorrow. When yes, Woo. well, when you hear this, it's begun. It, ah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, isn't it? Don't you think it's strange that like it it was we got no news from this. In fact, there was a rumor going around this whole summer that Jake Gyllenhaal was going to be in it, and that didn't obviously happen. Jake goes, "Who's who's writing directing this again?" <laughs> He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah I'm out of here." So, mm-hmm. uh, all right. So here's the thing. Let's let's. It, I just think it's weird that we are, we're only just now finding out the cast, and they're supposed to be filming in like a f- couple of weeks. They really kept this mm-hmm. under wraps, but I kind of uh, like that. I always like not knowing that much. Yeah. I do too. It's just very strange. It's like what 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 is it about this production itself that's always been so elusive? Like this was announced like over two years ago. I feel like I mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Anyway, um, here's the thing with Doberman. I I'm kind of softening on him a little bit just because I was fucking blown away by how much I liked Annabelle Comes Home. I I didn't think the third movie in that Annabelle spinoff franchise would be good. 
and I thought it was really good. So I, you know, I liked it too. I don't know if this is how this is going to bode well to what he's doing here. I certainly don't think he's the type of writer and director I would probably prefer for a slow burn atmospheric horror movie like Salem's Lot. But, you know, he clearly loves this. He likes King. So, I mean, I don't know. It's maybe I'm just trying to be a little more silver linings here, but because yeah. I, I, I absolutely have no faith in this. But, <laughs> you know, what do you think? Caffrey, you were talking about Doberman earlier. Look, what are your I, thoughts I got two words for you. Actually, I've got, uh, well, yeah, two words for you. <clears throat> Swamp Thing. Excellent, <clears throat> excellent show. I heard By that was By far really the best good. adaptation of it. It, 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 it. I have to finish it. Um, what but do I'm you have to do with it? Doberman? Was he a show? No, I have no clue. Was he a show? No, I think he for real created it and was showrunner. I'm pretty sure. Oh wow, I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me, let me. He may never not have been showrunner. Let me, hold on. It was him and James Wan, I think. Um, if I'm wrong about this, then oh please, I'm the God. biggest <laughs> asshole. Of probably, probably, I, I, nothing's <laughs> popping up on Google. No, let's see. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> no, there you go. You're right. Yeah, man, Swamp Thing. Right. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. writer and executive producer. Um, okay, pretty, so he's still big though. Yeah, 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 still. And he he wrote. Uh, no, I looked this up. He he wrote. Um, he co-wrote uh, a couple episodes with Mark Verheiden. Yeah, yeah he co-wrote familiar. a few of the episodes. Oh yeah, yeah. So, for, right, so sorry, I didn't create it still, but but and also he wrote the pilot. Hey, look, man, I know. First off, I like it. Chapter two. You just realized this is like my personal hell because I realized the three of you like a chapter two. I'm the I'm the one that doesn't like a <laughs> chapter two. It's got it's got flaws for sure, but I still like it. And I love it chapter one. And, and yeah. is this. does that mean this is going to be good? Uh, I don't know. I, I I feel like Hollywood consistently shits the bed on Salem's Lot. I love the miniseries, no. but yeah. we still haven't even with the miniseries as much as I like it. I don't like it for the same reasons I like the book. You know, I don't no. feel like we've got an adaptation that really gives the scope of the town that really gives the dreariness and the rot underneath this town. But it is also a story about the town that's rotting and he did well with that. Mm, so mm-hmm, we'll see. But see Salem's Lotho just has such a big cast and I think you need to get everyone right for it to work. So I don't know. I'm, I'm like cautiously optimistic about it. Yeah. What about you, Justin? <laughs> uh, well, my fear with hiring Doberman it's because, but I feel like he's quite bad at telling stories on film. You liked Annabelle Comes Home, though, right? Um, Annabelle Comes Home is fine because it's a it's a dumb haunted house movie. It is, yeah. And I and I mean, like, I had a fun time in theaters watching it. Like that was with Randall, fortunately, and we always love to talk about the dumb ghosts in these movies and their dumb backstories and their names and stuff. So it was fun. But I think Salem's Lot deserves to be more than just a dumb haunted house movie. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And so you have to get the, it's town the tone, right? right? You, you have get to get those human people right. And unless he somehow changes who he's been for his career and James Wan changes who he's been over the last 10 years when it comes to horror movies, I, I, I fear, and this isn't just guessing. I, I everything tells me this is going to be a loud clanging CGI nightmare. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I'd be very shocked if this was some nuanced thing. And, and the other thing with Sam's Law, it's unique though because it it's it's been adapted twice, but it's only been adapted as two part miniseries. There's not like a movie version of this at all. But with the ensemble that's in this story and how good the ensemble is in the story, the source material, you know, Apple's throwing God knows how much money at Lisey's story to be a 10-part series. You couldn't do a 10-part series on Salem's Lot? I, I would love yeah. to see that. So anyway, that's my that's my initial thoughts. I do think you could do a movie, though. Like, I think that, you know, if you... The fact that we almost got, like, an actual feature film of The Stand in the 80s, and the fact that they're able to chisel it that, that down with all those characters, I think you could do it 
with Salem's Lot, I think you certainly have to kind of do what they did with uh, the miniseries where you combine some characters and whatnot. But I, I think you could also excise some things. Like you don't have to focus on every townsperson, but like, obviously if you want to do something like really great, that's like a great literal adaptation. You got to go the miniseries route for it. But um, I just, I, my thing about that is I love the slow. I do disappearance too. of the town. And I feel like you can't really capture that in a, as well in a two hour movie. Like I would love to see like the slow um, degrading of a town. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting to me, but Jen, I know you're you're a dauberhead. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I you're, love you're Salem's Lot. Yeah, I do like it. Chapter two, and I mean, you know, they they made needful things a two ish hour movie. So you know, I think it can be done. I think it's just going to take a lot of finesse and a lot of knowing what to take out and what to leave, and a lot of really good casting. Um, and I mean, I it's I joke. I do love Spencer Treat Clark. I think he's really hot. And but I don't really know anything about most of the other actors, which could be a good thing or a bad thing. But yeah, I imagine this is going to be real glossy and jump scary. And you're right. I just, I want more like gritty feel of the town. I kind of wanted to feel like it was in the seventies, like the book, you know, that's my thing is that, you know, I would love for it to be set in seventies. It has to be. I feel like the whole book is about miscommunication, Mm -hmm. you know, and not having that sort of that, that sense of disconnect from the world because it's the small town that's just crumbling and, you know, the outsider, et cetera, et cetera. I just feel like you, the cell phone r- literally absolves like any of the horror. Yeah, it's uh, been a big thing. Well, they don't know. get very many bars in Salem's Lot, I hear. That's so. what I hear. Yeah, that'll be just it. bad I mean, reception. <laughs> I will say in terms of the cast, though, that we do have right now, Bill Camp is the one that really pulled my eyes because I've there are very few things that he's done that I don't like. Like I like everything that he's, at least his performances and everything. Yeah, the Outsider. I really dig. He's, he oh, yeah. in The Outsider. He yeah. was great in The Outsider. He was, which, you know, I guess returning Kings alum. How about that? Um, ah. I, I thought he's, I mean, if you want to talk about one of my favorite performances the last 10 years on TV, like his performance in the night of is, is unbelievable. He's great. Like, and he was also great. Jen, you know who he was in? He's the janitor in the Queen's Gambit mm. that, teaches, oh. that teaches her to play chess. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he is great. He's okay. Great. So, I'm more interested. And I, Matt Burke is probably my favorite character in that book. Great. Me too. I'm just happy he's not like being played by some 32-year-old Matt Moody exactly. joking about that Matt Burke being played yeah. by like <laughs> Clive Owen or something. But doesn't yeah. that, that see that yeah, right? Oh, oh my god, god. ridiculous. You know, was, you know what's funny? Clive Owen's probably older than Bill Camp, but at least Bill Camp feels like he's lived along the so Clive Owen's gotta be in his fifties, right? Yeah, he's probably <laughs> as old as Bill Camp. He's probably the right age, but yeah. I know it's yeah. it's the Greg Kinnear thing where Greg Kinnear still looks too good to be, in my opinion. Anyway, Glenn Bateman. Yeah. yeah. Young hot Bateman. But uh hot, yeah. Hot so and then also, I mean, Bill Pullman's son, uh, you know, Lewis Pullman, I, he doesn't look as like this like ultimate hunk, like, you know, the uh, the one that's described in the book, you know, and especially not like fucking Rob Lowe in 2004's Salem's Lot. You know, you look at like mm-hmm. he like rock star Ben Mears in that. And then you get like muscle Ben Mears in the, the original 70s miniseries. So I I think this is well, kind, kind of like of a good trade off. At least right though in the book, he's supposed to be like this stuff. I know, but I never bought that though. Like I always yeah. felt that that was a little too like eh, it's a little you, you're getting you're getting a little too um dreamy here, uh, King. Yeah. Like let's let's ground it a little bit. And I feel like Lewis Pullman looks like a writer. He looks like a writer that yeah. I went to school with. And so that, to me, like maybe the casting, the fact that they are casting believable here, it makes me feel a little more um, confident. But again, 
like we just discussed, so much of Salem's Lot is built on the tension, the atmosphere, not the jump scares. There aren't a lot of jump scares at all in Salem's Lot until very pretty much the end, and maybe a, a few moments here and there when they're you know going to the basement and, and yada yada yada. But so much of it is like you know peripheral horror and seeing things in the distance, like you know that that gaze, the the the, the sort of. Um, tranquility that comes with knowing that something wrong and something's amiss mm-hmm. and, so, and and you can't really do that with the type of horror we got in like it chapter two you just can't so i just i'm just all i ask besides probably a thousand other notes that are unfair is just have them have like normal fangs and not just have like their mouths open up like they're sharks or something like that just give them mm-hmm. normal fangs mm-hmm. and contact lenses please god just yeah. please, it's so easy just do it so you don't want like the one that we saw in like the toby hooper one toby hooper one with like, without without um Barlow looks, you mean? Yeah. Like you don't want no, like no, the... no. I, no, I, I like that. I'm saying okay. I don't want like CGI mouths to open oh, up like they're okay. you don't okay. want like thirty okay. days of yeah. night vampires. Okay, yeah, okay. I, to be fair, I still have not seen thirty days of night. Oh. They're pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it's actually not bad. It. I do want to see it. Just... Yeah. But all right, so I get it. All right. So, but I just don't I also don't want like vampires that are like, you know, fucking sexy. Like I'm done with that. No, man. I, that's why I like Chapelweight. I mean, yeah. honestly, if they did the vampires like they did in Chapelweight, that would be fine yeah. by me. But really well, and if yeah. is that are they going to connect this? Because if so, they would technically have to look the same, right? But I, 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 don't I know. doubt it. I think this is probably not. Well, yeah. The thing is also this can just be its own thing because that's so long ago. You know, it doesn't really have yeah. to be. Con- it, could, it could technically be connected and you just wouldn't have any direct reference to it. Maybe they'll have like a portrait of Adrian Brody. Um, you know, <laughs> <and I'm, laughs> I would not be mad if we. Oh, he changed his last name to Marston. He he bought this house mm. over here on the hill. How about that? That's pretty crazy. And the portraits like of him and like uh, Summer Sam, the Spike Lee movie. <laughs> it's, Mo is like Mohawk. And, yeah. Like, jamming out on. Uh, 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 that was that Mr. Worms. Boone, that troublemaker Boone. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we just talked about the vampires, but who would you want to see play Straker, Barlow, and even Jimmy Cody? I love Jimmy Cody. And mm-hmm. I believe they, don't they combine the character? They combine uh, his character and- Yes, they combine the doctor and- um... They combine the characters in and the and the series. Toby Hooper one, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and then in the later in the '90s one too, I think Jimmy Cody's like having an affair with he he has the he kind of has the role of the adulterer in it. Oh, it's, it's is weird. he the Bonnie it's, Sawyer? Person? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, mm. I don't like it. Uh, yeah, I like um, Jimmy Cody. I think Clive Owen for. Jimmy I would have <laughs> I would have <laughs> Alessandro Nivola for Jimmy Cody. I always picture him as oh, that man, kind of guy. Cool. Like, is that kind of? I mean, he might even be a little bit too old to play him, but. uh just the kind of quiet, um, practical, competent guy that's who I pictured for Cody. Mm. Who's Alessandro Navola? Oh, also I recognize Park him. Three. Yeah, from, uh, hey, many Saints of Newark. Coming hey, out, coming uh, out too, guess yeah. who he's been married to? Halloween's crossover. Actually, three people in this episode are on the episode. Emily Mortimer. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. From the, the, the should have been killer. Um, but um, yeah. what else you got? I've got some cast too. Yeah, go for it. If you want to stick to the description kind of from the book, but also have a really good actor doing this type of role. Wyatt Russell has been mirrors. Yeah. Ooh, that would have been awesome. Yes. I love um, him. Cause I've seen him kind of dial it down. Mike, I know at least one of you has seen um, lodge 49, but he, yeah, he's he, great. He, he's, he's good. I could yeah. see that. Um, I could definitely see him as a struggling writer going home too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riley Keo Keo as uh, Susan. Wow. That would have been great. Beef yeah. up the role, obviously for her at that point. My, Twist, and you might laugh at first, but you got to think about this. I, I for some reason, kept thinking Lenny James is Straker. Oh, Lenny James from uh, Walking Dead. He's from and, Walking uh, Dead. Oh, he's oh British. man, that would be cool. He's Match actually British. And, yeah, and oh, I he'd be, he would him be a good Straker. That's really good. Doing like a one eighty from that role, and like being like this really prim and proper 
British speaking. You're changing. I, I, I kept thinking about him as a striker. That's I like that a lot. That's great. God, it would have been great if like uh, uh, Herschel from Walking Dead was still around. Could have played Dr. Jimmy Cody. You we know. just recast everybody with <laughs> from Walking Dead characters. Recast the Walking Dead. Do you have anyone for Jimmy Cody? Do you think or? Um, oh, I, I don't. I, I just yeah. I just pick these three because I feel like that's a whole other episode. Yeah. Of like yeah. recasting everybody. Yeah, yeah that I, kid in the White Lotus would be interesting. I picture him as a redhead though. I can't remember if he's redheaded in the book. Mm. The kid because the kid in White Lotus is also in Fear Street, right? Yeah. Ooh, Ashley Zuckerman. That would be ooh yes he he would be a good anybody yeah. in it because he's dreamy too so, well, look, yeah he's the cop in fear street oh that guy yeah he was also in uh succession yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. looks so, just like bj novak he does he yeah. does look a lot like mm-hmm. bj novak yeah i i don't know i mean it's gonna be interesting because we're probably by the time this episode drops i guarantee you we're probably gonna hear the casting for most of these roles yeah well because i heard this- uh Glenn Bateman. I mean, Greg Kinnear is playing Father Callahan. Oh, that'd be. Oh, I forgot. They are going to have to cast a Father Callahan for this. Yeah, Just get Cromwell back. Bring, bring Cromwell, Cromwell back. was my favorite Father Callahan. He was the best. Am I? Is this like a Mandela effect here I'm having? But I, I might be using that correct. I could have sworn I read Wolves of the Cala picturing James Cromwell and then the Salem adaptation came out. Is that possible? Or did I, re- or did I see the Salem's adaptation and then I read so, Wolves of the Cala and I thought about James Cromwell? Well, Wolves of the Cala so was like early thousands. I mean, it would have been around the same time. Let's yeah. see here. Miniseries. So Wolves of the Cala came out in November two thousand three, and the Salem's Lot miniseries, which with him came out in two thousand four. Okay, so. yeah, then I definitely yeah, no, read you know that what? before. I read that before. because I remember in the miniseries, I and mean, there were lots of things I didn't like about it. I remember the way the way that. Uh, Callahan ends up in the miniseries is much different from the book. And I just read Wolves of the Kala. And I remember thinking it was like a missed opportunity because they make it so Wolves of the Kala could not happen um, from the miniseries. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that seems stupid. Why they give this ending to Callahan, mm-hmm. even though he had his story expanded? You know what I just realized? <laughs> we actually haven't gotten to Wolves of the Kala yet. I was wondering. Oh. Well, we, we just that? said that Father Callahan's in. Is that really a. I feel like this is that uh, we're not saying yeah. anything. Should, to should we put a caveat at the top of the episode? Maybe yeah. or, or... we've talked about it on a couple episodes because we talked about it in the uh, addiction episode. Oh, okay. Well, then so, we'll uh, be it's, right. it's yeah. canon, I guess. You know, so none of you it. can complain at us. <laughs> yeah, go home if you want to come. You're you probably are home, but uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I no will criticisms. say out of all the adaptations that we have coming out, which are a lot, not you know, no pun intended here, um, but. Uh, I'd say Salem's Lot is certainly at the top of the list. I, I can't think of, I mean, I know that there's some projects that we have that I'm really excited for. I'm really interested to see what Thomas Jane's going to do with, uh, from View of Gate. I mm. really, really can't wait, uh, to see, uh, you know, the girl with, uh, the girl love Trump, Tom Gordon. Who's doing that again? Isn't it Lyndon Ramsey? Like, Oh yeah. Oh that's yeah. Right. That mm-hmm. I'm very curious about. Cause I'm really excited about that. Cause I love her direction. So I just think that's going to be a really great adaptation. So that one's really looking forward to. But in terms of high-profile projects, I think this is probably the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so in terms of just uh, king projects and name recognition alone, mm-hmm. sounds a lot in terms of things that are in production, it's got to be the most popular one. There's yeah. Firestarter coming up, too. Firestarter? Oh, that's next, oh, yeah, that is a big one, too, because that's next year. And that's wrapped. Yeah. They're all done. So yeah. I assume we'll probably have a teaser for that by the end of the year. And then I wouldn't be surprised if we have a teaser trailer for Salem's Lot with Firestarter next year. Isn't somebody good directing that Firestarter? Didn't somebody good direct that Firestarter? Yeah, the vigil director. Oh, um, I've still oh, seen yeah. it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, me yeah. too. Either. So I would, I just, I, I would love instead of a trailer, we get a description of a trailer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, really? oh yeah. my just, god! Just, just saw the trailer out of Las Vegas's it's Cinema the Star. Best one. It's the best yeah. one yet. These the vampires. Let's just say people lost vampires. their shit. People yeah. lost their shit when this happens. We can't they talk. Soiled about themselves. They, they soiled, soiled themselves. themselves. Well, that's wow, a great, great callback. <laughs> we've gone full circle, and I think we need to leave the circle because we've uh, we've talked ninety minutes over four stories. How the hell do we do that? Well, it's because we're the Losers Club and we like tangents. So, and those tangents are back. I know we've we've been really serious this summer with uh, a, a lot of book episodes, a lot of movie episodes. You know, we don't get to get a little loosey goosey as we used to do uh, every other week, and uh, you know we're, we're gonna have a Hollywood King episode every every month now. So this is uh, this will be fun. Uh, probably won't be as uh, who the fuck knows. It probably will be as chaotic as this in, in the future. Who am I, I kidding? Hope so. <laughs> I hope so. But that's the best thing about these these episodes, you know. Absolutely. So I really hope that uh, you're still here listening because uh, I'm pretty sure there are many that left uh, at least multiple points during the fucking <laughs> no. Highwaymen. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Uh, Jen, what's next on psychoanalysis? Before um, we go? Well, okay. So as this is dropping, we should have just released our first episode on our objectification month, which was on Assassination Nation, which anyone who knows me knows I absolutely love. It was a gigantic episode, and I think it's really great. And we've also got one coming up on The Changeling and The Original Maniac, which I'm excited about. So yeah, lots of fun stuff. And we're making plans that I can't say yet, but lots of really fun stuff coming love, up. Love, love those two movies with yeah. uh, with a passion. Uh, especially Maniac, Changeling. a lot of fun. Maniac's yeah, I, haven't, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm dying, dying to get your thoughts yes. on it. Yes. <laughs> it dying. is. Uh, I may have to like it. Robert Loggia dying. Like, yeah. I cannot wait to. <laughs> now I'm seeing like Robert Loggia like falling out of the coffin, like, and I think you should leave. Um, oh, no. <laughs> oh, I was picturing an arrested development. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that too. Oh, God. Uh, Caffrey. He lived a Tell long, us, good life. He had a great okay. life. He did. Yeah, lo- great life, I love great, Robert Loja. I did an apologize to the Loja family. Yeah. We're just we're dark people here. We do Stephen King stuff. Come on, <laughs> you know we're dark and macabre. You know yes. we're yeah. fucked up, full dark. We're fucked up and twisted, man. You know, we're, we're recording this on the anniversary of Halloween 2007, and I'd say we're as fucked up as that. Oh, certainly, <laughs> as supremely. Shut fucked the fuck up. up, you fucker! Shut the fuck up! God damn it! So, uh, uh, Caffrey, what do you got next coming out of your little dumper? Um, <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> uh, I guess it's not soil we discovered. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I still remember reading that script before seeing the movie, and I'm like, there's no way this is the real script. And then we were, we were there opening night, like, oh, yeah, yep. bitch has got a nice little dumper. It's, it's in there. <laughs> Oof. Um, what do I have going on? You can find me on Halloweenies, obviously. Um, I, I should have a, I'll have a virtual reading one, uh, one of my plays coming up, um, September 17th through the 19th or something. I'm still waiting on dates for it, but that'll be at, uh, Juke MS, which is a company in Memphis. So I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, stay as the, as the Republicans say, stay tuned. Oh God. <laughs> they, they've Scream ruined my favorite. Dark and they've, twisted. They've, ru- they've ruined my favorite John Ritter movie. Uh, love, love um, that movie. What's next on Halloweenies, Justo? Well, other than Halloweenies, John Lee Hancock and I are going to be working on The Highwaymen. Uh, not, oh, the the, not the agents who took down Bonnie and Clyde, but the Highwaymen country supergroup with Johnny Cash, Ooh. Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, and Chris Christopherson. We're really looking forward to that. We've got Chris Christopherson right. on board giving us some Her, notes. From what he can real remember. outlaws. Real outlaws nice. at the time. Real outlaws. Um, other than that, though, of course, 
um, Halloweenies, which everybody here has been involved in uh, in some capacity, especially this year. Jen is is been on our massive Scream Three episode this year. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we, we're talking hours upon hours. You think this is a long episode? Folks. <laughs> Listen to our Scream Three episode. So so big it became two. <laughs> and in September we've got Basic Instinct coming up on the main feed, and we've got Dead Silence. Uh, James Wan joint. Speaking yeah. of producers from Salem's Lot, Dead Silence is going to be on our our Patreon, and our commentary will be one of my favorite Chicago movies, Child's Play. Yeah, Chris. Uh, I had a question, Chris Randon. Justin. Mm. Have we covered? Is James Wan the most covered director that we've had on the podcast now? Other than like the people from the main feed and stuff, yeah. Because you think we saw? Because we did Saw, we did The Conjuring, we yeah. did. We're doing Dead Silence. We did. There's one other one I thought I thought we did also. Um, oh, uh, Aquaman. Aquaman. Oh, and Aquaman. Yeah, no. <laughs> anyway, no, you got, might be though. You might be right. Interesting. Uh, you uh. may be right. Maybe crazy. Mm. But check out Patreon, <laughs> uh, patreon.com backslash Halloweenies pod. We got so much there. Um, we're really proud of everything we're putting out. Yeah, but again, I think the most important thing to take away from that is, is me and John Lee Hancock's The Highwayman <laughs> Project. So yeah. keep an eye out for that. Glad you could add that button. That's that'll good. Be That's on, good. That'll be on uh, Peacock a couple, uh, about a year from now, hopefully. We're, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, look, for us, we got a ton of content. The month has just begun. Um, it's only just begun, as the as I don't know who said sang that song. but uh, It's in 1408. The Carpenters, I think. It right? is the, the Carpenters, uh, John Carpenter. And uh, yeah, it is in 1408. Uh, That's true. Um, we have, uh, as you've just heard, this is the, this is the first, this is the first episode of September, which is spooky season for us. We have Collecting King. We're bringing it back. Our first episode of Collecting King in, I think, three years. Interesting. Um, and we interviewed, uh, Tony's Horror Corner. Uh, we are going to do our, our latest book episode on Bag of Bones, uh, so that will be a two-parter. That's actually two episodes because like uh, Justin was talking about with Scream 3, we went long on Bag of Bones, almost four hours. So wow. yeah, very, very long. Uh, we got another archival series on our Patreon. Uh, we're going to be talking about King's Column, King's Garbage Truck. So uh, we're going to college. Beep, beep. We're going to be talking about Mick Garris's miniseries Bag of Bones also uh, in conjunction with the book episode. Going to provide a commentary over in the Patreon for The Running Man with Arnold. Uh, and then to round out the, the the whole month, we are going back to Shawshank. Uh, Justo, you're on that episode too. It's going to be exciting. Um, Love it. With uh, Rhett Miller of Old 97. So we're keeping the songwriter mm. beat going. We had Dan Mangan talking to us about Stand By Me last month. And uh, now we got Rhett Miller. So I'm excited about that. And to close us out, Flieger is taking us to Midworld. Uh, at least the patrons are uh, with uh, the Dark Tower Detour where he's going to talk about the Battle of Jericho. So we, I mean, it's so much fucking content. <laughs> it's just, it's insane. We just finished a month and I, I just feel like, uh, I feel like a certain character in a certain Stephen King book that just keeps living again and again and again. But um, no spoilers, but uh, that's it for me. And that's it for all of us. So I think it's time for us to go. It's time for us to leave Ludlow. It's time for us to leave Salem's Lot. And it's time for us, more importantly, to leave Hollywood. But we'll be back. We'll be back in a month because we're Hollywood vampires, baby. And we like to <laughs> live long days and, and pleasant, pleasant nights.
This is the end of our show. For now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more.